I'm Anwar. And I'm Fairlith. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to, to Discast. Hi, Fairlith. And welcome to Discast, everybody. I'm really excited because today we have some um, parks news to talk about. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to talk about what outdoor <laughs> life called the worst insult ever offered in any form to American sportsmen. <laughs> 1942's Bambi. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I love it. I'm so happy about that. Amazing. All right. So... Uh, yeah, so let's start off with uh, the news. Uh, right. Fairleth, I believe you have uh, something from Mr. from Bobby Che himself. <laughs> Bobby Che. Yes, I do. Um, okay, Bob Chapek is the chi- uh, chief executive officer, CEO of the Walt Disney Company. So he is not specifically in charge of parks, but he's he's the guy. He's the new Walt. He's the new Michael Eisner. <laughs> Hopefully better at it. Um, and uh, during the annual shareholder meeting, I, I think I should just read the statement uh is that in his voice? Yeah. What do you think? Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay, first, you should know for context that a taste of Disney is an event happening in um, Disney. Uh, it's a tasting event similar to what's going on at Knott's Berry Farm, and it is over on April 23rd. Hmm. That's just context. Okay, so from Bob Chapek. Here in California, we're encouraged by the positive trends we're seeing, and we're hopeful they'll continue to improve, and we'll be able to reopen our parks to guests with limited capacity by late April. We look forward to publicizing an opening date in the coming weeks. While last week's announcement stated that theme parks may open starting on April 1st, the fact is it will take some time to get them ready for our guests. This includes recalling more than 10,000 furloughed casts and retraining them to be able to operate uh, according to the state of California's new requirements. Mm. I am pleased to say the response has been great thus far. Our cast members are excited to get back to work. And this is also good news for the Anaheim community, which depends on Disneyland for jobs and business generated by visitors. Voila. Nice. So that makes me think, honestly, honestly, Anwar, they just don't want to lose all their, like, ticket sales and money from Taste of Disney, but... (laughs) um. I mean, I wouldn't (laughs) be surprised because, like, realistically, but at the same time, like, I feel like... uh, with the way with with the way that California is going, it is admittedly going pretty okay. Yeah. Um, you know, if they're able to work around it, and if they're able to do what they need to do, then you know, because I mean, like, like, like again, we saw we saw what happened with Disney World. Like, Disney World is doing okay. Disney World is functioning. Um, there have been no publicized COVID outbreaks breaks linked to Disney World. No, and I feel like even if there. Uh, even if there were any outbreaks, I feel like they would be pretty open and honest about it. At least, at the very least, I would hope so. Just hope for so. the sake, just for the sake of um, saving face isn't the right word, but like just for the sake of showing that they are an honest company and yeah. for people to have continued faith in them, mm-hmm. right? Because like, it's better it's better if something happens that they're honest about it rather than them hiding it. Because if they hide yeah. it, then it's like, oh yeah, no, you guys are just, you know. Y'all are dicks for doing that because, you know, outbreaks and things like that happen. They happen in restaurants. They happen in places that are already open and have been open longer, right? So it happens, right? You can't control it, right? All you can do is just do your best in controlling how you mitigate uh, the the exposure. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I totally, like, I totally agree with you, and I hope they would be transparent. I just have no way of fully knowing it, how deep the no. rabbit hole of the Illuminati goes. You know, <laughs> no, none of us do. <laughs> yeah, uh, so, yeah. So, as far as I'm concerned, it seems great, and um, America's really on top of their va- vaccinations. Like we can't be in Canada, but soon. I know, and and it bugs me. It, me well, too. I mean, it bugs me. It bugs me only really in that it's more jealous than anything else it's yeah. like one of the first it's like i think it's like the first time i've ever actually been jealous of the of the, of the way that the states works yeah totally no i, <laughs> like, I oh. agree with you <laughs> yeah so, um but of course they have the benefit of the fact that all those vaccines are being produced like in the states right yeah and we'll, we'll get some soon oh yeah no we're, we're getting some and we're getting we're getting more it's yeah. just a matter of them giving them to people <laughs> yeah no exactly more than anything else. i'm not i'm not worried about it or anything i'm just really yeah. excited for like it looks like hey maybe i'll be able to go down to the parks before the end of the year and i'm excited about that perhaps yeah like i think like that seems to be the way that things are going which is really nice i know um, um but yeah that's all yes. my news i imagine that uh disneyland will open in late april after a taste of disney has concluded and that's my guess mm-hmm. but it's not news it's just gossip <laughs> yes. Um, what's news on my end? Uh, I don't really have much news except for just the announcement of the uh, the start of the Falcon and Bucky show, or Ooh. as it's actually called, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which is mm-hmm. the new Marvel show coming to Disney Plus, which I'm really excited about. Um, I'm excited because I'm excited to see how or what they do with that, because I feel like it's going to be such a very different show. Complete, like in in all factors compared right. to WandaVision, I agree because WandaVision, WandaVision was its very own thing, which is great and it was awesome and I loved it. It was super super good, super well done. It gave us everything we wanted. Uh, I mean, it didn't satisfy every single fan theory, but you know, nothing yeah, but ever can. nothing can. <laughs> I, nothing I, ever can. I loved WandaVision. I yeah, loved like WandaVision. like I'm not mad that Mephisto never showed up. I'm not mad that Doctor Strange never showed up. I'm a little like. I mean, I kind of wish Doctor Strange had showed up, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, it's like small things like that, you know? Like, the the fan theories were going crazy about things and, like, uh, but ultimately the show gave us what we wanted, mm-hmm. which was it gave us emotion. It gave us uh, a really cool, like, MCU feel finale, you know, with, uh, with the two Visions fighting. Yeah, that with, was cool. And with Wanda and Agatha fighting, and it was great. And Wanda coming into her own as... The Scarlet the Witch, Scarlet which, Witch. Can, which she is now canonically within the MCU known as, which is amazing for mm-hmm. us nerds. Um, I loved how with uh, with Vision, it was like a crazy, like big ass battle between two synthesoids and they're like phasing into each other and everything. And then suddenly they crash into a library and it's like, hey, we're going to do a, co- a really cool little thought experiment. And it's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about the ship of Theseus. Yeah, it's like, oh, now they're just like speaking logic to each other. I really, I love this. This is really yeah, cool, that was and it's hot. cool. Yeah, and it was cool because it it did it wasn't. It was a little. It was a little like whoa, but at the same time, it was like, oh no, this totally makes sense. Yeah, I, I agree have, with you. I like that. You know, a lot. It, it it worked with their character for them to do that. Mm-hmm. Because that was kind of what Ultron or what uh, Vision was trying to do with Ultron as well. He was trying to speak, um, like in in Age of Ultron during the big final battle, they were trying to basically logic each other. Mm-hmm. And then it became a big fist fight. But yeah, like I really, really liked it anyway. Yeah, no, me anyway, too. WandaVision I, um... is, is great and I love it and people should watch it. I, I have to level with you. 
Um, mm. This is a big name drop, and I don't mean it to be, but I I have never really enjoyed the Winter Soldier movies. I, I don't follow the character, and I'm not super excited. About... Oh, specifically of uh, specifically Bucky? <laughs> yeah. Listen. Uh, okay. It's not because I don't don't like the character, and it's not because I wouldn't like the character. It's because I used to go to uh, theater camp with Sebastian Stan. Really? And I can't suspend my disbelief when he's on screen, so I can't buy into those stories in the same way. And I, I'm very proud of him and happy for him. That's so random. <laughs> Where, Where's he from? I'm not sure. Where was your theater camp that you uh, would go with Sebastian Stan? <laughs> the Catskills in New York. Oh... Robert oh, Downey gotcha. Jr. went to that camp. Uh, Zach Braff gotcha. and Mandy Moore went to that camp. Um, and I really wanted to go. And, uh, yeah, Sebastian Stan was my friend Scotchy's first kiss in the BJ Bush <laughs> at... Um, <laughs> That's such a theater camp thing. Dorm. <laughs> or such a camp thing. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know if his uh, what his sexuality is now, though. Um, I just know that he kissed Scotchy in the BJ Bush. So there you go. Who's Scotchy? Scotchy? My friend Scotchy. Yeah. You know Scotchy. Do I know Scotchy? No. <laughs> um, <laughs> the Scotchy, Scotchy is my uh, other friend from New York. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but I just cool. thought, you know, for some human interest, you might want to know. That's fun. <laughs> um, That's cool. It's yeah. kind of like how it's kind of like how so many of the so many of uh, the big like comedians like on screen went to like UCB kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's it's weird how um there's so many communities of, I mean, honestly, affluent people who become successful and then remain friends. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I've, I've noticed that. And I, I like that there's, you see that there's friend families culturally that are similar to what we experience in our, in our like smaller scale arts operations. And I find that very comforting. That's really nice. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just kind of yeah. blithering today. I'm just happy to see you. No, that's fine. That's fine. That's sort of on on topic, kind of. I mean, I, I brought, I brought it up. I'm just bragging. So I'm just bragging. <laughs> I went to theater camp with Sebastian Stan. I don't know if Yay he remembers theater. me. Like, Yay oh, my God. <laughs> I'm so silly. I'm sorry. It's a day. Let's talk about it's Bambi. A... <laughs> yes, let's talk about Bambi. Oh, like, I, I did want to say uh, real mm. quick, like, in regards to the parks. Um, Be my guest. Apparently, apparently people are coming, are going to the Disney parks uh, with, uh, have you seen those masks where they're, like, they're printed to show, like, a mouth? Yeah, yeah, and, and the they look like it. a weird costume, and it's very disturbing. Yeah, because it's, like, they're walking around, they're, like, they have a mask on, but the mask printed, but it has a print on it that shows, like, an, uh an exposed mouth and like the the mask itself is and the bottom the of the nose and oh yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah i got gotcha. you yeah so like people are going into disney world with those and like cast members are asking people like hey can you pull up your mask but they're like i actually have a mask like it's meant to be a joke but i but i mean i don't know i mean yeah. I i'm get kind you. of like i i don't know i mean i don't think it's particularly funny me neither i just i think it's don't harass park employees during a pandemic just like I get, I get you're trying to be funny, but just it, it's. I don't think it's very funny. Just don't be a dick. It just kind of makes you come off as a bit of a dick. Yeah, it's it, that's, like, just wear it's a not normal a, mask. It's not a joke. It's just hey, like look, I'm cleverer than you. But haha, I'm so clever. Like I made you think I wasn't wearing a mask. It's like, so you're making my job harder. Like yeah, 
Nailed it, I already I have to. I, I already have to say this to so many people. I don't need extra people to fucking make me say this. Yeah. Oh, anyway, I it just, totally it just bugs agree. Me. Yeah. It just don't, bugs me. Don't do that. Don't harass customer service workers. They don't make any money, and they have to tell you to have a magical day at Disney World. So don't do it. Anyway. <sighs> anyway, that's kind of that's kind of like my little my little pet peeve of the day. I like that very much. I like that pet peeve. Well, it's also a pet peeve, but I like that you have it. Yes. <laughs> anyway, so anyway. now Bambi. Um, once again, the worst insult ever offered in any form to American sportsmen. Whatever. They can suck it up. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I I guess, like, Bambi initially really received mixed reviews. There is a lack I imagine. Of... Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. I, ma- I imagine so. Like. Mm-hmm. All right. So, so like, uh, the synopsis of this film. Okay. So, uh, so starting now... Uh, uh, we received some feedback uh, from a listener, and we greatly appreciate the feedback mm-hmm. that we should start doing, um, uh, giving a synopsis of the films uh, that we are talking about mm-hmm. ahead uh, ahead of actually discussing that. I think it's a great idea, so that's what we're going to start doing now. So, so the synopsis, yeah. <laughs> so, sorry. No. So the synopsis of Bambi. Okay. Um. Should we do this in our own words? Let's do it. Uh. Do we, should we do it like uh like a paraphrase type deal? Yeah. 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 Let's okay. do that. So okay. Let's see. So the first thing that you should know is Bambi's mother does not have a name, so she's just Bambi's mom. Yes. Nobody uh, has a name except the kids. Yeah, like not even his dad has a name. Nope, just the great just prince kind of, of the forest. He's just, yeah, he's just, that's all he's known as. But like Anwar, if everyone called you the great prince of the forest, what would you be known as? The prince of the forest. Exactly. I mean, I don't know if everyone called me the great prince of the forest, I'd be like, "All right, that's my name. Bye." I'd no, like I'm super into I'd, it. I I would take it. I'd be like, "Yes, I am the prince of the forest." Yeah, yes. Maybe his name was just like Franklin or something. He's rebranding. <laughs> yes, I can. Can you imagine? It's like the great prince of the forest, Frank. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Todd. I love it. Okay, so okay, uh, Bambi is born. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, he is the new prince because his dad is the great prince of the forest because he has never been caught by hunters. He's the oldest. He has the biggest rack of antlers because he's he's mm-hmm. just the smartest. So Bambi's the new little prince. Yes. And so it's all very cute. All the animals come to say hello. That's where, Lion King uh, style? Li- yeah, sort of Lion King style. Like a bunch of forest animals come and say hello. They all see him. He's all adorable. He gets up, tries to walk, falls over because it's funny. And can uh, I just say, I really love the score when he's trying to walk. The soundtrack is really gorgeous. Mm, just especially yeah. good. Yeah. So, go ahead. Uh, yeah. And so like basically that. And then he just starts to uh, befriend a bunch of the animals. And then like a good, po- a good like, like the first act of this movie is just kind of like watching Bambi grow up. Yep. Uh, watching Bambi experience things with his mom, his mom teaching him to walk, his mom teaching him to eat, and like just little cute little forest animal-y things mm-hmm. uh, like that. Uh, and then eventually we get to a point where he comes up to the great to a great big open field, mm-hmm. which is all nice and beautiful. And his mom of, is like, watch it. Well, yeah, like his mom is, you know, being very cautious because she knows. Yeah, she knows. Uh, they all come out to this big field. Everybody goes out to eat. Then Bambi meets his first little crush, which is cute and adorable. Uh, uh, Feline? Feline? Yes. Feline, yes. Yes. Yes, Feline. I should look up while well, you chat. I don't know what Feline means, and I really like it as a name. I don't know if it particularly means anything. I Let's think it was just a out. random name. Because I don't, I, I don't believe it relates to anything in terms of deer. <gasps> it does mean something, and I'm very surprised, and now I love it. Um, what does it mean? 
Feline is a girl's name of, again, I don't, gender is a construct, but this is just what Google says. Mm, Feline yeah. is a girl's name of Latin or origin, meaning like a cat. Oh. And it's the same oh. spelling, so. All right. Um, and I mean, Bambi is short for Bambino. Oh. Well, yeah, no, I, I can see that. It's Interesting. Baby. Very cool. Uh, yes, so they're all they're out in this big field. They're all having their 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 meals and everything. And then uh, Bambi meets Feline, and it's all cute. And they're like, oh, it, it's just a great big meat cute and everything. Yeah. She licks uh, him a and, bunch. Yeah. And then, oh, something's going on. A bunch of the animals are sensing hunters in the forest, and everybody starts scattering. Uh, and then, unfortunately, this is where we hear a big gunshot, and then Bambi reaches the den, comes out, tries to find his mom. Uh, then he meets uh, his father. Yeah, but he didn't know that the great he didn't know it was father his father at the time. Was his father? Yeah, so that's a no. big deal. Yeah, and then basically his dad tells him, "Your mom is not returning." And then that's where we find out, oh shit, Bambi's mom is dead. Yeah. And it's like, and oh. one of the facts about this is they were really going to show it. And I think it's much stronger that we figure it out as Bambi does. I think so, too. Just narratively, I think it it, it impacts better. I agree. Because then we feel it rather than seeing it. Because the two are different. Yeah, 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 yeah. The two feel different. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Totally um, now, a side note with this is I think I can see why this was such a big thing uh, with the... Uh, with like recreational hunters mm-hmm. uh, because from what I understand, because uh, uh, a buddy of mine um, uh, hunts uh, out in Saskatchewan mm-hmm. and he's told me like, it's very, uh, it, it works in various ways. Like with, with certain things or with certain animals, they pull a lottery and it's like, this is, so for this specific animal, you can only hunt this many. Right. And so there's yeah. an active limit of how many they can, they can hunt. Uh, also, they're never allowed to hunt does. Does are specifically off limits. Yeah. Uh, because of, you know, uh, uh, blah, word. <laughs> well, they're off limits. Not repo- not repopulation. Um, uh, just for breeding? Yeah. Just, yeah. I, get, I mean, that it, is for repopulation, kind of. You're right. Yeah, but I, I think just repopulation wasn't the word I was looking for. I think I was working. I think I was looking for a more elegant word than a than a clunky word like that. Um, yeah. But yeah, but basically because uh, because does uh, does are the ones who actively breed uh, the deer. They don't. You're not allowed to shoot does. It's only bucks you're allowed to shoot. Uh, oh, because with one buck, yeah, because like a single buck can still produce children, right? As opposed to the more does you kill, you know, the less. And the less deer are born. Interesting. Right? So it's, yeah. Yeah, um, I can see how that would, like, frustrate hunters. I I get that. Um, yeah. I I have to agree with the, the theme of the movie that, like, hunting for sport is awful. But, oh, 100%. I mean, I, I don't know if it's ever confirmed in the movie that they are hunting specifically for sport. I don't think it ever is. And I think that's, I think our just assumption is that just because that's our, like, yeah, uh, our gut instinct is to immediately go there because that is what we know as the bad thing. Uh, whereas my friend who's, who hunts in Saskatchewan, he hunts specifically during the season. He has his license. He, he's, he's all like papered out and everything. And he only hunts, uh, for food. Like he's, he's sent me pictures of like, after he's gotten like a big elk of like his freezer and it is packed full of meat 
Good. He's like, he's like, yeah, this is going to basically do us for like a year. And yeah, and he, and he uses the bones. He uses it, like he uses everything. I think he uses, I can't remember what he uses, but he uses something for, he makes soap as well, like out of the animal, which is interesting. So yeah, it's very, so it like, cause I used to be one of those people that was like inherently like, oh, hunting is bad because we shouldn't hunt animals, blah, blah, blah. But I think after you really understand and, uh, get into the actual specifics and when you learn that people who hunt fairly you know who don't hunt for sport who hunt specifically uh for food and everything how how fair it is and i guess how ethical it can be mm-hmm. no right? that's because, that's completely yeah. legit yeah because like humans have been hunting for literally thousands and thousands of years yep like hundreds and thousands of years we've been uh, humans have been hunting animals like it's not new yeah right? and there are practices that are in place uh with many many especially with a lot of indigenous uh oh my god my brain isn't working today (laughs) no that's okay (sighs) with indigenous peoples about uh the use of the animal and Mm -hmm. how much respect is is given to the animal because you know there has to be that sense of respect there has to be the sense of you know you're hunting that you're hunting something and you're you're removing a life in order to sustain yours and so there has to be a sense of balance and you have to pay some respect to that animal, right? At least that's what I think. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely yeah. agree with you. Um, I, I don't agree with hunting for sport, but like totally hunting for uh, meeting your needs, like sustainable um, feeding yourself. I completely yes. agree with. Like, yeah, no, don't get me yeah. wrong. 100%. Um, hunting for sport is bad. Yeah. But yes, yeah, so it's, it's, you're right. It's never really, uh, we don't know. I th- but I think the hint is that it could be they could be hunting for sport only because they do uh, only because Bambi's mom is the one that that dies. Yeah. Well, right? I mean, also, they're shooting pheasants when they go up in the air and stuff. I mean, I understand that you'll eat a pheasant, but it the the part where all the little animals are running away and trying to figure out yeah. how to get away without getting sh- like going out in the open shot. and getting shot is really brutal. <laughs> yeah. It's it's quite scary. Yeah. Sorry, I, I definitely interrupted your synopsis there, but... Um, no, but like, my brain was just going... was not working. <laughs> oh, <my laughs> um, so, I guess, uh, Bambi and his friends, uh, Flower and Thumper, and I said before... I don't, I don't even know who I said before was my favorite Disney character, but I think it might be Flower. <laughs> I think um, you said before... I think you said before your favorite Disney character was... Uh, the soundtrack. From oh yeah, the Fantasia. soundtrack. I love the soundtrack. I love. I just love Disney characters in general. I love the way they build characters. But I loved Flower a lot. Flower is adorable. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, so Flower and Thumper are getting hot girlfriends. They're yep. sexy versions of animals. And, yeah. Um, I, there's there's definitely a time jump between yes. between them because after because after Bambi finds out his mom is dead, he walks away with the Prince of the Forest. Yeah. Well, then he and also so, wakes up Flower and he knows that they're hibernating. So winter happens, basically. Yes. Right? So yeah. So I think that's I think that's what it is. Is yeah, uh, yeah. I think we come into the spring because um, people are waking up and uh, you know it's all flowery and everything. And of yep. course, you know that's where Thumper meets his girlfriend. That's where Flower meets yeah. his girlfriend. And where Bambi re meets his girlfriend. Yeah. Um. Where Bambi and- re meets Feline and then yeah. finds out <gasps> Le gasp Feline has already already has someone who is courting for her oh yeah, no but he's a jerk he is he is he's toxic masculinity 
Is he though? Because I feel like he's like so he has a toxic like this. he's got an angry face. I don't know. <laughs> he does ahead. have an angry face. But here's my thing is that like it's it's common practice for bucks to fight each other for uh for a female. Mm-hmm. Like that that is something that happens within and not even just within uh not even just with deers, but with a lot of other animals. Like they will fight for the uh I guess the quote unquote the right to mate with a specific female. Right? So yeah. uh yeah, so it's and I, I can kind of see their, uh, this whole scene and being like, oh yeah, no, this kind of is what would happen, right? Because like if, if this buck, I can't even remember if they gave that buck a name. I don't remember either, and I just watched it. <laughs> yeah, but if he if he were to come up and see Bambi kind of coming in on Feline, yeah, I can understand his reaction. Be like, no, no, you need to back away. This is my female. This is the totally. female that I'm gonna meet with, right? Gotcha. And so then yeah, and so yeah, then they mm-hmm. fight. Bambi wins. Yeah. And then goes away with Feline. And it's all, you know, yay. It's all this nice. Is, I literally, I feel, I realized watching it, I've never seen the end of this movie because as a child, when he goes off with Feline is when I it became intolerably boring to me and I always turned it <laughs> off. So, whoops. But I didn't know. Like, I just had no idea there was more to the movie. Mm. Um, which, and the more of the movie is a massive forest fire starting by, started by the hunters that are um, yes. camping in the forest. And, um, yes. So that happens and it's terrible. And then at the end, everything is renewed. And the idea is that the men killed themselves in their fire, but um, they were going to show it and then they just didn't. And But that is canonically what Walt Disney had intended. Oh, yeah. exposing the hubris. The hubris, exactly. I'm um, for it. So the other thing I read, um, I read that this one is Walt Disney's favorite animated movie. And I know that we had, I, I forget which one we said. I think it was um, Pinocchio was Walt's favorite. Um, I don't remember which one it was, but I think every fact that I read that says Walt Disney had a favorite movie is probably a little bit wrong and a little bit right. Yeah, I feel like he had more favorites than we think, just because I think everything that he worked with and everything that he worked on was his favorite just a little bit. Because, again, like, especially especially with the golden era, like, so many of these movies are movies that he put so much of himself into. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. Um, so, yeah, what do you think of Bambi, first of all, Anwar? Like, do you enjoy the movie? I think it's cute. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's... Um, I think, ultimately, this movie is definitely one of those movies where it's, like, you can watch it. You can say you've watched it. If you don't come back to it in a year or two, then you know what? That's okay. Yeah. Right? So it's like, it's definitely just a movie that's like, hey, we're doing, you know, we're doing a marathon of Disney. I get we're uh, Bambi's up next. I guess we're watching Bambi now. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's it's beautifully, it's beautifully done. Like, all the watercolor backgrounds, like I was, I was talking before about the watercolor backgrounds um, in Lilo and mm-hmm. Stitch being my favorite. I love the backgrounds in this movie. Like, oh, they're beautiful. Yeah, gorgeous. And it's, um, and it's interesting. Sorry, you first. Oh, nothing. I, I just found out that deer does have a name. Oh. Bambi's male rival. His name is Rano. 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 Okay. I, I'm not convinced that someone named Rano is not having a problem with toxic masculinity, but I'll <laughs> drop it for now. <laughs> I mean, you can say that. It's fine. You can say Rano. Because kind of, I think because bro deer. Yeah, Rano the bro deer. Because he could very because like I feel like if there was like a human human equivalent, then yeah, you would absolutely be like that guy. That's like yeah. 
<laughs> like, you're coming for my girl. And she's like, I ain't your girl. Yeah. And then they right. just, like, rip off their white too tight t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I don't mind a too tight t-shirt, but like if a man's just ready to rip it off to beat up a guy, then it becomes a problem t-shirt. Yes, it definitely does. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what I'm saying. Anyway, Bambi, more thoughts? Yes. yes. Okay, so that's that's the uh, basic synopsis of Bambi. Um, It's a cute movie, like I said. If you want to watch it, go for it, just to kind of say that you have. Um, Otherwise, I don't really think it has any real like impact, per se. I think it does in the history of animation, and I Perhaps, think it's yeah. beautiful. Um, but I think it is more than anything. I think it's out of fashion. Storytelling like this is not done anymore, and I think yeah, kids might have trouble relating to it. But maybe they won't. I don't know. I know I did, and that was in nineteen ninety one. Yeah, I think what this movie is, uh, it's the pacing is very long. Yes. Well, the first act is very long. Yeah. The first act is just a very, very long movie in terms of pacing. Yeah. But the third I act think. is very, very short. So it's, yes, yeah, yes. it's, it's all experimental. Like I always talk about innovation and everything they do is innovative because, because they're like not afraid to fail and do weird stuff. So I admire that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they hired child voice actors. Like that was new. That was super mm-hmm. cool. Um, they rotoscoped, uh, the great prince of the forest's antlers. Did you know that? No. Yeah. Yeah. Just the antlers because they wanted the perspectives to be correct. Here's my antlers. Very cool. Um, yes. <laughs> I'm holding up my hands like little antlers, but like, you know, he turns around and they didn't know how to like draw it from a two thirds perspective or anything. Uh-huh. So they made a plaster cast of some antlers. And then they, uh, filmed them at all angles and then put the antlers on the picture and then painted over it. Cool. Yeah, I thought that's so. That's very rad. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's super interesting. And that's what I'm saying. It's like, what a cool way to get around doing that and make it look completely perfect. I love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've got a few little notes here. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Here's me putting down the notes about hunting. Uh yeah, I think because there is no clear, there is no clear antagonist in this movie. Man, I think. Well, yeah, that's the thing is I think the only real indication of an antagonist is uh, when the hunters come into play. Yeah, right. Because like for the first act, it's really just kind of like a wildlife movie. It's like yeah. it's Bambi growing up, experiencing life in the forest, blah blah blah. And then an actual antagonist isn't introduced until the until the open field when we find uh, when we find out hunters are coming in, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, ban- uh, this movie is based on a book, as you know, the majority know. of things in this time are. I read uh, that Bambi- the novel is insane. <clears throat> <laughs> uh, Bambi: A Life in the Woods is what it was called. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is a mule deer. Apparently. Oh, I thought it was a white-tailed deer, but is he just a mule t- a mule deer in the book? I think so. Oh, cool. I mean, I, maybe I, I'm wrong. I but... read somewhere. I read somewhere that he, he that he's a mule deer specifically rather than uh, a white tail. Because I agree, I thought he was a white tail too. Um. Yeah. I mean, according to Google, like in in the movie, he's supposed to be a white-tailed deer, but it doesn't. Oh, in the original book, but yeah. Uh. Okay. There's a lot of different things about this. Okay. What I, what I just read is in the original book, Bambi was a roe deer, 
which is a species native oh. to Europe. And then oh, okay. the movie set in North America. So it's apparently the character is based on a mule deer from Arrowhead, California. And then other uh, other sources say it's a white-tailed deer just because I think they've decided that. So uh, sorry, <laughs> I, all I'm saying is you're correct and here's some more information. Yes. Sorry. Uh, I'm no, so excited fine. to be here today. I don't know what's going on with me. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's... Uh, it- the book is Austrian. It's an Austrian book. Uh, let's see if I can let's see if my let's see how my German is. It's been a while. Uh, Bambi, uh, Eine Lebensges. Oh shit! Geschichte <laughs> aus dem Walde. Eine Lebensgeschichte aus dem Walde. Yeah, which nice. is Bambi: Life in the Woods. My German is really, really bad. I haven't, I haven't had to use it since I actually went to Germany. I would love uh, to hear you speak German more. I didn't know this about <laughs> you. Uh, what else? Um, yeah, it's basically just uh, the book uh, is all about the life of Bambi from his birth, childhood, loss of his mother, finding his mate, lessons he learns from his father, uh, and just experiencing or and gaining experience of living in the forest, specifically by human hunters. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is an English translation, uh, which was published in North America by Scheinman and Schuster in 1928. Cool. Uh, it was originally published in 1923, uh, has been translated and published in over 30 languages around the world. And then, uh, the original author, uh, Felix Sultan of, of the book of the Austrian, of the Austrian book, uh, wrote a sequel called Bambi's Children. Oh. Uh, and speaking of sequels. This movie, Bambi, actually does have a sequel. Oh, right. Yeah, it does. Bambi have you two. ever seen Bambi 2? I have not. I'm sure I, it's about and, his kids, right? No, it's about him. It's just an, I, from what I remember of like seeing the uh, like seeing clips and trailers and things. I think I think it's just about Bambi when he's when he's uh, when he's still a baby. Like it's just like expanding okay. on his time as a child um, or as a baby deer. Um. Yeah, I I don't know. In general, I'm very apprehensive about uh, straight-to-video sequels when it comes mm-hmm. to the Disney movies, uh, only because so rarely are they ever actually any good. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. No, that's absolutely true. I mean, I, I had Return yeah. of Jafar as a kid. Oh, yeah, Return of Jafar. Return of Jafar was a thing, but then King of Thieves was better. But, yeah, but like they had to give Robin Williams a Picasso to get him to do <laughs> to do yeah, it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, oh my god. But that's because like in, D- Disney initially like really shafted him in his contract anyway. Yeah. Oh, my, so. when we get to Aladdin, I I have a lot of feelings. I really feel protective of Robin Williams. I oh, yeah, I love yes. him. Uh, what other crazy Disney sequels? Straight to uh, straight to video sequels. Uh, there was 102 Dalmatians. I remember that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I never saw 102 Dalmatians, but I remember. Yeah, uh, Mulan two was another one. Mm, yes. Oh yeah. my gosh, we should we should watch all the sequels and talk about those. Cinderella had two sequels. Yes, let's apparently though the stepsisters. Apparently, the third one is really good though. That's what I. That's I've seen bits of it, and I think it's very. It's one of those very self aware Disney properties, you know. Ah, uh, okay, okay, yeah. Because apparently, Cinderella two is really weird, but then Cinderella three is like the stepmother like gets a hold of the fairy godmother's wand, yep, and like changes the timeline, and you know, like it's it's very weird. And I think it it's just like you know what, we're just gonna fucking go for it. 
we are going to just make it weird. And then I think because they committed to that, I think that's why it came out so good. But at least that's what I hear. Again, I haven't actually seen it. So we'll have to see it once we once we get there. Um, yeah. And so, yeah. So there was uh, there's a sequel, Bambi 2. Um, and yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I am. Um... I don't know. I don't know. Sorry. I, I, what's next? Well, that's just about it. Like, I guess, what are our thoughts on this film? Like, I know you had said that you, you really, really enjoy the watercolor back. You really enjoy the backgrounds. The music is lovely. Uh, April showers is a cute little song. So cute. Which is kind of really the only song in that movie. Well, there's, there's the other one. There's the one about, um, love. What's it, what's it called? Um, because I know the composer of the film, he died before it came out. And oh. he, he um, dedicated the song to his wife. Love is a song. Oh, is this like when they're all like, is this like during the springtime sequence when they're all like. It's actually over the opening. Pairing off and everything. It's over the opening. Yeah. If you, if you, over the credits. I think it comes I back, but it's the opening. Oh, it's very lovely. It, it's, it sounds sort of like, um, it's a chorus because no one sings their own stuff in Bambi, but it yeah. sounds sort of like, so this is love. It's, no. it's, it's a little less jazzy, but it's very like quiet and like um, chill and just talking about uh, love in a philosophical way. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Because I completely forgot about that. But I think yeah, that's yeah. just because I usually tend to tune out during the opening credits of these old movies. Uh, I understand. Just because that. they're 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 the opening credits, right? Like it's Yeah. Oh no, there's absolutely. There's not a whole lot that goes into them. <laughs> well, um give it a listen and uh, let me know what you think sometime. Um because I think it's pretty and I like those old kind of choral uh old fashioned openings myself. I really like when Disney movies start with a big book opening and it's a real book. Yeah, I, I've always loved that. I've always thought that, that was very fun and cute. Yeah. Um, okay, I have one real fact I want to I want to share about the movie, but I don't have a lot of other ones. Um, so not. this is ridiculous. But okay. in uh, December 2018, a poacher from Missouri was um, sentenced to one year in prison for killing deer to make trophies, like taxidermy. Mm-hmm. And as part of his penalty, he was required to watch the movie once a month in jail. <laughs> That's pretty great. Like I, I that's very very wow. funny. <laughs> oh my god! I just I think that's hysterical. Um, that's very so very yeah. Funny. There you go. Uh, some of the scenes of woodland creatures were unused footage they made for Pinocchio, which I think awesome, thrifty. Yeah, love that, love that. Yep. And well, considering uh, this was during this was like during a time when the studio was you know really short on money, <laughs> I well, think that was just like the best idea. There was, there was a war on. Yeah, literally. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Like, uh, it's it's an interesting movie. It's a beautiful movie. It is paced very weirdly, and it is. is now considered uh, one of the most important animated mo- movies of all time. But it is a bit weird to watch. Yeah, it is. Uh, I think in just that, it's one of those movies that like people have watched it, but they will only really latch on certain things about it. Like I think people forget that so that like a good half or like the whole third act of this movie is Bambi as an adult or yeah. as a young adult. Yeah. Right. Um, like pe- people usually latch on to Bambi's mom's death. Yes. 
and then like that's all they remember. Yeah. I think I think it's like interesting how much that movie burned the concept of death into kids' heads. Mm-hmm. Um and watching it was weird and hard for me too. I think it's incredibly well done. That sequence when he's looking for his mom. Right. I yeah. understand. Oh yeah, no, it's super emotional because it's like the like it's it's quiet. Mm-hmm. It's like that the it's that quiet falling. afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, and he's just looking for his mom. It's very, very sad. Yeah. Um yeah, so uh some facts about like the production of this movie here or like little bits of trivia. Mm-hmm. Um uh Sultan, the uh the author, uh was Jewish and so he flew from Nazi controlled uh, uh Austrian Germany and was introduced uh to the Walt Disney Productions uh by Max Schuster. Hmm. Uh and uh yeah, and so but the thing was, was apparently a producer and director at, at MGM, Sidney Franklin, had actually purchased the film rights in 1933 and was initially wanting to make a live action adaptation of the oh, film. Oh, wow. That would be terribly exploitative at that time. But that would also be weird. Like, how would they do that? Like By abusing the animals, Anwar. It was well, the 30s. Yeah. True. <laughs> uh, like, anyway, and so. I'd be well, interested in seeing yeah. it, I guess. It'd be interesting for sure. Um, but then they decided that to sell the rights to di- to Walt Disney in 1937 because they figured it's going to be way too difficult to make. Good move. And so, yeah. And then Walt was like, that's fine. We'll animate it instead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so, yeah. So that was in 1937. And so basically for like the next few years, they were working on production of it. Uh, but of course, other films uh, came. Excuse me. Other films uh were kind of put more into the or were were more focused on like Fantasia for example Mm -hmm. uh and then finally in 1939 production on Bambi actually began but was super slow in production because of changes in the studio personnel uh location methodology of handling the uh, the animation uh finally writing was completed in 1940 uh but by that time the film's budget had swelled to eight hundred fifty eight thousand dollars and then eventually Disney uh, was forced to slash 12 minutes from the film before final animation to save costs and production. Mm. So the film uh, could have been 12 minutes longer. But the, my question is, what like what could be added to this movie? Because I can answer. We... I know. Oh, you know. I know the answer. Oh, I, I, I mean, answer I agree with this. you. Nothing could be added. There's enough. Um but I, I know at least one of the deleted sequences. Um, Walt really wanted Bambi to step on an anthill. That's oddly specific. I know. Um, he was going to kill one ant in the anthill, but also send the anthill into chaos. So there were going to be lots of ant characters. And we were going to explore how a deer stepping on an anthill uh, just ruins uh, everything about the ant society. Hmm. And they were like, well, this has nothing to do with the plot. Yeah, that just feels like fluff. It's just fluff. Yeah. So they had a bunch of fluff, basically. (laughs) Well, there you go. Uh, So the original book was uh, very was much darker than what we saw, because I think the book itself is meant to really go deep into the environmental impact of hunting and everything. Um, Mm -hmm. So the film itself was heavily modified. Uh, he, uh, Walt severely downplayed the naturalistic environmental elements found in the uh, found in the novel to I kind of lighten it up smart. a little bit. 
which is very smart yeah because like the the movie itself like is already pretty it has its moments already that are very impactful Mm -hmm. like specifically like in the second act with the hunters and everything and again with bambi's mom's death which literally everyone latches onto it's it's a pop culture thing like it's it's a thing in pop culture bambi's mom's death right yeah uh yeah and uh and the forest fire at the end of course um now the addition or uh, thumper and flower were uh, added into the movie. Yes. So yeah, uh, to kind of give it a little bit more of a a lighter feel, which <laughs> less I think of made a sense. bummer. Less of a bummer, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and so the the actual impact of this movie seems to, in general, be fairly positive because uh, in the AFI's top ten. Uh, classic quote-unquote american films uh genres this movie is like the third best film in the animation genre mm. yeah. yeah that's cool what what are the other two what are the what are the best ones i don't know uh there it's it's called the afi's 10 top 10 so i think it like takes 10 genres and then uh gives a top 10 in each of those genres interesting i wonder yeah i wonder, I I think wonder. It's, yeah, and this is this is uh, it's from uh, two thousand mm-hmm. oh, and eight. Oh, well, the first two are Snow White is the first one, and Pinocchio is the second one. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the five, six, you... seven, seven of them are Disney films. Yeah. Do you want to hear the list? I have the list. Yes. Oh, say well, it. do you want to see the list? It. Okay. <laughs> you go for it. Um, AFI defines animated, by the way, as a genre in which the film's images are primarily created by computer or hand and the characters are voiced by actors. So, Hmm. the top 10 animated uh, movies according to AFI. Number 10, Finding Nemo, 2003. Number 9, Cinderella, 1950. 8, Shrek, 2001. That is DreamWorks. 7, Beauty and the Beast. I love Shrek. 1991. 6, Toy Story, 1995. 5, Fantasia, 1942. Four, The Lion King, 1994. Three, Bambi, 1942. Two, Pinocchio, 1940. And one, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, 1937. Sucks to be DreamWorks. Yeah, but at least they got one. Yeah. They got one in there. <laughs> oh, man. Rom-coms, yeah. I, I don't even agree with this list at all. Which it, Really? Of rom-coms? Oh, of rom-coms. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh... I've just got all the lists here. But my point is, like, I don't agree that Annie Hall is the second best rom-com of all time, which leads me to say that the 10 best and most influential animated films of all time is an incredibly subjective thing. It's inc- Oh, well, yeah, of course. This is All of these things are incredibly subjective. Like, how do you even judge this? Yeah. Just right? like... you decide you're the best person to know and then you decide. <laughs> uh but yeah but the the film this film bambi uh seems to have really gotten um some really positive uh feedback uh within within the cultural zeitgeist of animated films and i think that's just even though this is uh the final movie of the golden age i think it really is indicative of the fact that even even with the fact that the studio was suffering financially and was really really trying its best to do what it could even though they even though their hands were so heavily tied with what they could do mm-hmm. the fact that these movies still are just as impactful and really stand the test of time i think really shows how uh really how strong that studio is and how smart and how great of a storyteller walt really was yeah totally right? agree Be- yeah 
But I think that's a good place to leave it, honestly, Anwar. Well, like, I mean, we could do like a, because I, I, now that we're at the end of the golden age, like, looking at it as a whole since we've seen it all now. Oh, yeah. Well, I just right. thought it was such a nice thing that you said. But I'm, <laughs> I'm happy to keep talking. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you. Um but yeah, so like now that we're done with the golden age, like looking at these looking at these five movies as a whole, it's interesting seeing even though they're all within like the span of like five years, five, six years of each other, right? How different each movie is, and yet how each movie still feels so quintessentially Disney. Yeah. Because if you look at each movie, each movie visibly is different. Yes. Right. Because like the animation in in Dumbo is not the same as in Snow White or the animation in, you know, Pinocchio is not the same as in Bambi. Mm -hmm. You know, they're still visibly different. Well, to me, that's the brilliance of Walt Disney as a creator, because like, obviously, this is a person who's passionate about the art form and experimentation and and moving it along, but also um, focused on the what's in the middle of the Venn diagram of what is Walt passionate about and what will audience members want to buy. Yeah. And I think that's incredible because the the innovation possible when you consider your audience but follow your passion is like, oh, oh, so good. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what leads to the golden age being so diverse and so weird. And iconic, really. And iconic. Iconic. Everything is, is so exact and perfect and, and, mm-hmm. and there's no compromise because it's like we don't we can't compromise. We need everyone to know what we're capable of out of the out of the box like just and i mm-hmm. i think it's incredible mm-hmm. i agree yeah it's great like you you wouldn't think you wouldn't if you didn't know anything about disney history you just know what they have now you know they're putting out things like frozen and like these incredible crowd pleasers and 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 being very um let's let's make it glossy um you would not think that the first disney movies uh, explored themes of um, animal rights, uh, death, uh, <laughs> di- being ostracized for being different and getting like your own back about it. Like the themes in those first Disney movies are incredibly adult. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. And it'll be interesting once we get into the silver age, just kind of how, how different yet the same they feel because the silver age was of course the movies that uh that walt never like he didn't he didn't have a he he was still involved but he wasn't as heavily involved only because he was so focused on opening up wed and opening up uh disneyland and all this other stuff right yeah so but it'll still be interesting to see uh and to really kind of well yeah like just see the difference and uh see if we can really figure it out kind of thing Totally. I agree with you. Yeah. I'm really excited yeah. for Cinderella. Yeah. Well, be- before we get there, we got to go through the wartime era. Yes. Which, I'm which still is excited. A, which is a bunch of really, really weird anthology movies. And I'm kind of excited about it because it's just going to be so very strange. Yeah. We have a, yeah, it'll be interesting. It's a lot to talk about. It's, it's yeah. funny. Last week I had a, a friend approach me on Messenger and they were like, hey, like, you need to know how anti Semitic. Walt Disney was and I was like okay um it's tricky because there's not a lot of real proof of Walt Disney being more anti-semitic than the average opinion at the time which is of course incorrect like Mm -hmm. like I'm but and I'm not saying that but like I'm not 
I, I, I truly don't believe that Walt Disney was like super psyched about Hitler. Like she's sending me screenshots of, um, the Donald Duck cartoon where he's in the Nazi party and yeah. she's just like, look, look at all this Disney support of, of Nazis. And it's just like, but this is objectively pro-American anti-fascist propaganda. Yeah. Like the, the Disney company was actively hired by the, by the American government to yeah. produce pro-American propaganda during the war. Yeah. And right? like the, the cartoon itself is hard to watch, but as you say, like, so um, I'd be interested in delving a bit into just, like, what's up with this claim that Disney's super anti-Semitic. So that's something I'm going to be researching a bit for this next segment. Yeah, just because, like, you're right. Like, I hear a lot about that, too. Like, he, how he was super racist. He was super anti-Semitic and sexist. Yeah. And it's like, okay, was he or was he just a capitalist living in the living in the 1940s yeah and i feel who, like that's probably what's going on but i also don't know and i want to do right by everybody so yeah i need to interrupt no 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 that's fine that's fine it's still a good point because it is something that's constantly brought up when it comes to walt disney uh the thing that uh one of the big things that i tend to kind of come forward and be like okay you can make your claims and everything however there is something uh, uh i actually have it in my notes uh, when I did ba way back when I did my Walt Disney episode mm -hmm. uh, specifically about Walt. Um, hold on, let me see if I can find it again. Mm -hmm, 1941. Oh, this is him talking about. Oh, this is this, that's his quote to his to his studio about how everybody should be grateful that he's hired them. Ah, <laughs> yeah, I don't like that, but. That's I don't either, issue. but again, but again, he was he, he was a uh, a capitalist. Uh, yeah. Here we go. Okay, so in 1955, the Beverly Hills branch of the B'nai B'rith, an international organization dedicated to improving the quality of life for Jewish people around the world, wanted to give Walt their Man of the Year award. Upon hearing these allegations of anti-Semitism, they began an investigation into the subject. They ended up finding nothing to support these claims. There were also claims into him being racist, which, according to testimonies from his staff, was also untrue. Mm -hmm. According to the people that worked for him, Walt didn't care who you are, your race, creed, gender, none of it mattered. Uh, Richard Sherman, a songwriter for Walt, uh, uh, quotes, uh, I think Walt was the most even dispositioned, even minded human being I have ever met. If the nice if the person was a nice person, he loved you. I don't care what your color, your race or your creed. So, yeah, I think it was just very much a. Um, uh, he was just, again. He was just a product of the time. Yeah. Right. And the I fact mean, of the I matter, agree. and the fact of the matter is, societally, black people were still treated poorly. Uh, Jewish people were probably still pre treated pretty poorly, and they were very much. They definitely were. Yeah, and were very much you know butts of the joke. Yeah. Um, women I, were treated incre incredibly poorly still. Yeah. Uh, and so like yeah, and. But the fact is, is like when you look at it, like he had so many, especially in wed, specifically in wed, he had some high profile women working in some very high profile positions. Yes. Like the like the person like the 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 person who created the facade of it's a small world. Mary that Blair. Iconic Mary Blair. And she was given full credit. Like, yeah. And uh, and the yeah, Sherman like, brothers are Jewish. The Sherman brothers are Jewish and were like contra and were contracted by Disney. 
Yeah. To work on multiple movies. Well, they were the guys. Like, after a while, they were just the guys. Um, Yeah. So, like, as you say, I I feel like there's a lot of steps that the Disney company specifically has taken um, for inclusion both in their work and in their staff that missed the mark sometimes for sure. But I feel like. But so many other studios did, too. I, I agree. And right? I, like, I, I'm just not sure if there's something more deeply insidious going on, as you say. I yeah. I think it's just general, like it was the 40s and then the 50s and then the 60s. And we don't we will never know what would have happened if Walt Disney had not gotten cancer. We will not know ever. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very interested to look into it more because I don't want to let my Jewish friends down. Um, no, of course. But like that's that's yeah, good. This has been a good talk. I feel weird about it, but I'm glad we talked about it. But I think it's okay to feel weird about it, right? Yeah. Because, like, this is somebody that, you know, this is somebody that has produced so much content that we hold so dear to our hearts and yes. that we love so much, mm-hmm. right? And so it's like, we want to do we want to do right. We want to do good by our friends, uh, you know, mm-hmm. and we want to do good by the people that we love and that we care about who, you know, come forward with potentially worries like this which is completely understandable yeah you know but i think it's important it's important to be to also be aware of uh where your anger should go and why it's there right is this like for are you angry about a specific thing just because you were you like saw one thing that bugged you about it or are you angry because this person actively made steps to you know be a bad person yeah like i don't know did you did you learn it from a meme or are you contributing to what is a a very common practice of human beings attempting to disrupt each other's legacies i don't know and i it's it's a it's a really tough thing but like um i'm really glad that you already did that research because when my friend came to me and like again showed me a meme of what i know is a propaganda film because i know it i was like well geez like i believe people and i I trust when they're hurt but also like Mm -hmm. there is real history that we can look at so like let's let's investigate and i will yeah yeah because like objectively if like you can look at it as like like you can objectively look at a film like the three caballeros like me as a latin american person you can be like okay so this person so this film is uh putting a caricature of specific people like of a brazilian and a mexican you know, and it's like I can either look at it and be like, that's incredibly offensive or I can look at it and be like, that's a funny caricature. And that is kind of how just people of color and people of other uh, backgrounds were more or less portrayed in that sense around that time. Yeah. You know, because um, like looking at uh, the character of. Uh... Oh, I'm actually forgetting his name now, but he's the rooster. He's the Mexican one. I have never um, seen The Three Caballeros. The Three Caballeros is a very fun movie. It's, it's, I, it's so I it's, hear. It's just you know, I was I was at the mercy of the library and my family. Yes, their yes, choices of course, yeah. for me. So, yeah. Um, Jose, Jose, uh, uh, no, Jose Carioca is the is the Brazilian is the Brazilian one. Why am I forgetting? Oh my god! Let's find out. I'm so bad. No, you're not. There's a lot going on. It's a pandemic. Panchito Pistoles. Panchito Castoles. That's Pistoles. Amazing. He's got guns. Yes. So uh, 
so yeah, so the character of Panchito, I mean, like that name, first of all, Panchito is such a, is such a silly name in and of itself. Like, uh, it's, it's a silly name that's just kind of given to people in Spanish. Like, um, like my dad called me that, used to call me that when I was a kid. Um, and yeah, and like not every, like not every Mexican walks around with fucking guns in yeah. their holsters. Like yeah. that is also like very much a, a kind of a caricature and everything. Yeah. But, but then when you, but then when you actually look at the character and when you especially watch that movie, you see, oh, but then everything else that they talk about with Mexican culture is actually very good. Yeah. Right. And so you have to, you have to look at things through a broad spectrum or in through a broad lens as opposed to specifically just like one thing. Cause like if you, if, if it were like a meme specifically of Panchito, just like going around, um, doing the vocal call, shooting, shooting guns everywhere. Yeah. You know, if it was just that one thing, then it'd be like, well, no, not, not all Mexicans do that. Like, yeah. Not all Mexicans have guns like that. Right. And so you can be like, there's that. Or you can be like, hey, this is a character who's just meant to be very fun and silly so that he is an avenue for something else. So that he's an avenue to then explain Mexican culture in a much better in a much better sense. Right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I agree. Like, again, like Three Caballeros uh, came out in 1944. Mm. And I I think it's it's important. Like if that movie came out today, I would be critically I, I would be different. It would be yeah. different to criticize it. Is all. Yeah. Kind of. Well, like the well, like the three caballeros were were reintroduced recently over the last few years. Like they they had their own show recently, mm-hmm. and they and they were featured on Ducktales, uh, in season two. I love new and, Ducktales. That's awesome. And yeah, and so like in though in that Panchito wasn't you know he wasn't the same as he was in the forties. You yeah. can tell it's still tell it's Panchito, but at the same time it's like. You know, he's not running around shooting his guns everywhere. Yeah, totally. Right. And so, yeah, like the character was adapted for the time of uh, it was adapted for a more accurate portrayal or maybe not more accurate portrayal, but like a better portrayal. Yeah. Just a more, of a a more balanced right? portrayal. A more balanced portrayal. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's cool. I, I'm really I'm looking forward very much to watching this movie. And I also I really appreciate that you have created this safe space for me as a white person to like examine all these things that I, it's not possible for me to understand all the nuance of it. And yeah, cause like yeah. you have, you have to come at things with, with anything you have to go, you have to come at things with wanting to learn. Yeah. Right. And like, if you're, if somebody is wrong, then you accept that you're wrong and then you just learn from it. You're like, okay, so I fucked up on this. Now I've got to learn from it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that's ultimately all that one that's, ultimately anything or that's all that anyone can do is just accept they made a mistake and then just do better i agree right well i mean they can do other things but it won't work out very well for them yes yes of course (laughs) 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 but yeah so yeah i think uh yeah like do the research and we'll come back to it uh Uh, i mean i think we should we should look at those propaganda films anyway i mean they're very shocking and interesting Mm. so yeah, I wonder if I, I wonder if they're even on Disney Plus. Uh, well, they're at least on YouTube. <laughs> All right. Well, it'll be interesting to watch that one specifically, the one, the the Donald Duck one. It is. It is a trip. All I right. bet. <laughs> yes. Okay. So yeah. So we're at an hour. Uh, this was a very fun episode. A very interesting yeah. chat going from really like interesting chat. Bambi into <laughs> into like Walt and racial 
insensitivities. Yeah. Uh, I mean, well, it's, it's interesting. This whole, the whole thing is very interesting. Eventually, they'll solve the problem by having, like, no characters of color at all. And then we'll talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Then it'll cycle. Right? Like, eventually, yep. eventually, media will figure out how to be reasonable. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Anwar, for talking to me. Thank you, Fairleth. All right. We'll see y'all in the next episode. Bye. Bye.